You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Well, welcome to Views from the Bridge, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Justin here. Uh, we're here to talk about a couple union games, but, uh, before we get started, I guess I should tell you he's here. Uh, Chuck Booth is here. Yep. That's it. It's me. You're here. You're here. Uh, Evan and Paul may jump in at some point in time. We don't actually know, but we'll, uh, we'll keep going until they get here and maybe we'll rope them into the conversation if they get here late. But, um. Yeah, I guess we have a couple union games to talk about, um, and uh, maybe a little uh, baby snakes to talk as well. Uh, but I guess we we'll, we can start with the senior team. Uh, the union over the weekend lose one nothing to uh, apparently a, a remade FC Cincinnati side. Uh, yeah. I, I like when I saw the lineup for that game. I am gonna say that I was really not expecting anything, and I mean technically they didn't get anything since they didn't get any points. But the performance was at least better than you would expect with no one playing, as they clearly saved everything possible for Atlas. Yeah, it was it was a good uh, sixty minutes. You know, I think the 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 kind of B team, I guess, if you want to say it that way, you know, held their own for for sixty minutes of that game, uh, and then they definitely once they started bringing some of the starters on later in the game, like they definitely looked like a a better side. Um, and it it was one of those games. that's kind of weird. You're disappointed to lose it, obviously, on a penalty. Uh, a penalty conceded. Um, it's a you know it's a dis- disappointing loss like in in some ways. In other ways, it, it was kind of one of those games that just nothing nothing went in. <laughs> well, I mean, was it for lack of somewhat trying? Yeah, I mean, I guess what do you expect considering your forward line was Chris Donovan and Quinn Sullivan, and it's not necessarily a slight to Quinn. Um, we all know how I feel about Chris Donovan at this point, but like, I still just don't know what Quinn Sullivan's actual position is. And while he, when he's a forward, he does have a high work rate that really helps out in defense. He doesn't really help out in bolstering the actual attack a ton, even in the way that like we used to get with, um, potentially pushing like Anthony Fontana up there when he was still here. Yeah. I don't, um, maybe part of the problem is I don't know that the union have Quinn Sullivan's position most of the time. No, that's, I mean, definitely it is. Yeah, it is. the And it is the tough thing with, um, playing in a diamond and then rolling out the sort of, uh, back three during this game, which, also another just unfortunate situation, which is going to bleed over until when we talk about the Atlas game, 
is um, not having Damian Lowe available. Yeah, that was super, super unfortunate for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's a ton. You know, I, th- I thought, you know, when they bring, uh, you know, when they bring McGlynn, Carranza, Bedoya, Ure, and Gazdag on in the second half, like the game definitely opened up and like felt a little bit better, and it felt like the Union had a chance in the game. Uh, unfortunately, just nothing. Yeah, like I said again, nothing like. Nothing went in, um, but you can't. I don't know. It wasn't. It didn't feel like it was for lack of trying. I didn't walk away from this game going, "Ah, they lost again, one nothing," and this sucks. Um, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, they obviously had a plan with saving a lot of people's legs for Atlas. Uh, that was definitely the the clear distinction there, and I think that's the line that you have to draw early in the season when you're playing all these games is like you can't roll out your top lineup every single game um is it unfortunate because the union don't seem to be in a great position in mls yes uh but it doesn't matter but you got what you needed on wednesday so uh i don't think it matters all that much so um also i mean i think before we just completely wipe our memories of the cincinnati game like one, holding Cincinnati to only two shots on target based on just how dynamic that attack has been. And while it may be losing a very big portion of it during the summer and now the news that um, Brenner is going to be most likely moving to Udinese, um, like they have an attack to be feared. And this union lineup of mostly backups shut them down. And like a lot of credit for that goes to the midfield trio and just for blocking every passing line during that game. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and, and you sort of said it too. I mean, I think the other, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, yeah, it's interesting when you have, uh, you know, three of your fullbacks on the field uh, at one time, one playing center back. I didn't think I've seen Matt Real play center back for Union Two several years ago in USL. I don't didn't think I would ever see that in MLS. Uh, but I do think that that matches up well against some faster, shiftier midfield you know, like attackers. Is you have your you know you have your faster kind of fullbacks on the field to to match up well. Um, it also so, yeah. shows that yeah. I mean, it also shows that like Jim Curtin wasn't kidding during the offseason when he said that they were going to try out a back three. Because, again, just even back to the Damian Lowe thing, with his speed, um, he fits that role to a T. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Uh, Yeah, unfortunate loss, I guess. You know, you give up a PK late in the game. Um, You only have a comeback from it. Yeah. is what it is, I guess. Uh, early season MLS stuff when you're competing for CCL. So uh, I guess we'll kind of move to the CCL game. Uh, the Union uh, Wednesday night went down to Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, and I would say played a very good CCL game against a CCL opponent. 
with all the gamesmanship included that needed to be there. Uh, 2-2 draw on the night. Uh, obviously, a 3-2 win on aggregate. Uh, the red cards happening. Uh, VAR checks. Everything else. I don't know, Chuck. Where, 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 do, you, where yeah. do you want to start with this game? Andre Blake, near the end of the game, picking up the ball, carrying it basically to the edge of the box, and then falling just for absolute maximum time wasting was just like my favorite thing of um, two things. Jim Curtin knowing CCL, CCL and CONCACAF, and also just like kind of feels like matches like this for him especially are like mini auditions for why he should be coaching the U.S. national team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, I guess the 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 easiest place to start with the game has to be that Julian Carranza finished his chances. And the the I guess the first one, especially, like wasn't a super easy chance. You know, like it was. I mean the the way in which he touched that ball down to himself and then put everything behind the shot to stick it in the back of the net uh wasn't wasn't easy but Jack McGlynn put it in just about the only spot that it could have been put in where nobody from Atlas had a chance to touch that ball at all yeah no i mean his passing just finds a new way to amaze you every game that he plays as like I mean, for it's it's just really hard to understand that when there aren't like multiple games in a week, any reason why Leon Flock should ever start over him again. Yeah, I mean, but I guess we got to talk about Flock too. <laughs> uh, that was maybe a little bit uh, my only sort of disappointing. Uh, whatever. We'll talk about that later. Um, I guess, I mean, the union got, you know, 11th minute, uh, you know, other than it was a well-worked goal by Atlas. I'm not, I'm not saying that Atlas didn't work it well, uh, to get that one in a shooting position, but I think, you know, what I, what I'm frustrated with is this continual, the union just don't seem to be into games early. It takes them like 15 minutes to get into the game. Um, and that, you know, they got into it and only gave up one goal in that, you know, first 15 minutes. But it feels like there's this pattern of just frustration of, like, they don't seem to be in it defensively in the first well, 15 and, minutes. And yeah, and it, and I mean, and it didn't help that Kai Wagner wasn't 100% yeah, as he no, no, pulled sure. his hamstring again. And yeah. so who knows how long he's going to be out for this time. Um, I mean, he should be held out until he's fully 100% because you would think they've learned their lesson once. But then also, Olivier Mbaizo also didn't defend. And good Lord, um, are we lucky that he wasn't one of the members of the Red Card Brigade to happen during um, this match? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Quinones, Quinones was a problem all night long. And I think, like, 
you said it. I mean, the absence of Damian Lowe in this game was uh, vast. I'll, I'll just say it that way. Uh, Glasnes and Elliott are good center backs, and this is not a shot against them at all. Damian Lowe understands how to play against CONCACAF opposition. Uh, yeah. I mean, also, it's just like the fact of the matter is everything on Jack Elliott and Jacob Glasnes' games is based on positioning, reading the game, and just knowing where the ball, defenders, everything is going to be. So, like, it almost needs to be, like, perfect conditions for them to, like, properly show what they can do. And that's and it's not saying that, like, they won't go in and get dirty and make important tackles because, like, we've obviously seen them, like, clean up mistakes. But when you have the recovery speed that Damian Lowe has, like, you're, like, he can, he literally in the first leg stayed step for step with Quinones. And we saw very, no one else on this team can do that. Yeah. I mean, and I think, like, can, like, the reality of playing this, this Mexican competition and, like, doing all this in CCL is they're obvious, they're going to be, more creative teams and these like players on the attacking end and i think the first goal for atlas was kind of a perfect example of it it's just players were kind of everywhere uh making different runs into the box and quinones like makes makes the perfect run and i forget who it was Birch or somebody put it right you know right in his path uh easy goal past past flake uh, and the second goal was pretty similar. It wasn't, you know, they they were enjoying this, like, let's get it to Quinones in the box, have him box out Elliot or Glesnes, lay it back to somebody who's making a run into the box and and try to shoot and score. Uh, luckily, you have several um, between Martinez and Glesnes, Elliot. All of them are pretty good at blocking shots if they get themselves in the right position. Uh, so I think, like, you know, a lot of it didn't work. It just, the two goals happened to work of, like, let's get it in the box hold defenders off, lay it off, and score. Um, and that's just different than playing in MLS. I mean, the MLS is a lot more direct play. It's a lot more uh, kind of things that make sense. You kind of see where the runners are coming from. Uh, in, in these Mexican teams, you just don't exactly know where the runners are coming from all the time because it's just not the same as playing, playing in MLS play. Um, so... Union went down two to one. Uh, they still would have come back with the win with that score. Uh, but uh, Leon Flock uh, makes a pretty actually incredible play uh, to get to a ball that's basically going out of bounds uh, and slips it through to Ure, who starts running with Carranza uh, two on two, essentially. Uh, Ure slips it through and Carranza puts another one home to to tie the game at two, uh, I was, I was like, oh, Leon Flock can still play, I guess. And also, in a game in which we were saw, seeing a lot of the negative things of Ure's play so far this season, um, there's moments like that when you remember, that's why we signed him. Yes. <laughs> um, because, like, 
I mean, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what's up with his shooting now at this stage, but yeah, he's the next guy on the team that needs a brace badly to get back to being who we know they can be. And like, this felt like it should, like it should have been the perfect game for a player of his style. Um, Because there was just always space. Like Atlas had to push up, like, you can just hang on the back shoulder of a defender and just go, especially with the fact that Jack McGlynn started the game. So like you even have someone who can find you, but he just wasn't benefiting from it. And like, I mean, again, luckily Julian Carranza did, even though the uh, referee tried as hard as possible to defy how VAR is supposed to be used because you were literally supposed to hold your flag because goals will be reviewed and instead he raised his flag when it was not needed twice yeah that was that was unfortunate kind of going back to the ure thing uh there were two plays in this game that i was uh rather frustrated with ure i guess uh one was he gets the ball two yards outside the net and somehow puts it over the net. Uh, I'm, yeah, oh, that was... no, that I, I thought that was literally like, and well, not in, and on that one, not like first you think, okay, he scores this game's over, but then not only did he put it over the net, Atlas charged right down the field and scored their goal. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure, yeah, and that was like super distant because you're like, oh, we would have been up, you know, two to one, and then that that brings it to two. two. Obviously, it's not. Um, so there was that one, and then there was the other one where Carranza kind of got out on the run, and Ure tried to cross behind him for some reason, which led a, two defenders right into Carranza's path. And if he had stayed wide or or drifted out, like. Carranza would have just had to beat one defender and then had a free shot on goal. And it just, it led two defenders right into Carranza. Um, and it, you could have, there was a chance you could have called that a game, but there was a chance you could have called that a penalty. Um, but it's, it was like, what were, where were you run? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I was very confused what we were thinking in that moment of like, let's drag a defender right into Carranza. I mean, I'm just staying wide. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm sure that even just watching the tape, he's wondering the same thing because he knows what he should be doing in those situations. Um, but we need him to do it because he doesn't, really have a backup yeah, yeah for sure it's yeah there's no like for like with him uh on your bench at this point um and kind of after the union scored or around when the union scored uh their second goal uh atlas lost their mind and i'm not just talking about the team uh, the fans, the stadium, the everything else. Yeah, the chants came out, everything, you name it. Um, 
this, I mean, both both of these legs and the online comments that have come with them have just been showing the worst that soccer has to offer. Um, and like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I've actually seen a like double yellow card sending off as fast as um, what happened to Rocha dismissed. And then just the everything continued after it. Yeah, it was fun. It, what was interesting, I guess, if you were watching on the FS1 broadcast is Stu Holden said that the only time he's been red carded in his career was a double, uh, a double yellow uh, for in the CONCACAF Champions League. So uh, interesting just hearing that story, uh, saying that uh, he and Aldo Rocha uh, had the same thing happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Rocha, obviously, he's in the ref's face and he's screaming. And, obviously, towards the end of screaming, he said something he shouldn't have and got sent off. Uh, Which also, speaking of Stu Holden for a second and them calling the game from essentially a dial-up internet connection because they were so far behind like some of the actual broadcasting and even at after the half like it took them almost a full minute to realize that Kai Wagner wasn't playing left back yeah yeah it was a weird it was a weird situation I thought they did. A, I thought they did a good job. I was actually enjoying uh, them a lot compared to some of the announcers we've had in MLS. Oh yeah, I mean, I I thought they yeah, I thought the commentary was mostly fine. It was very apparent that they weren't there. Yeah, I uh, and maybe the most probably the most disappointing thing out of all of it was the fact that they gave them six minutes of stoppage time. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, and and Stu Holden sort of made comments toward. But it it seems like at that point they're not going to score two goals in six minutes uh, down a man. The crowd is obviously throwing things. Uh, Bedoya at one point towards the end of the game was very frustrated because he didn't even want to go to the corner with the ball, uh, knowing that he's going to get pelted with stuff. And so he tried to go back to the middle of the field, and uh, they sort of lost it. They sort of lost the ball in the middle of the field, and he did one of his temper tantrums on the field. Um, and I, it's just, it, I feel like, and Bartone's a young referee, and, and and they said that on the broadcast several times, but I think you've got to figure out the conditions in which you're playing to make decisions better in that moment. Like, there, there was no need for six minutes of stoppage time. Uh, so... I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, just, yeah, just extending the madness. And it is just one of the most dangerous things that a ref can do is, I mean, lose control of the situation. And he clearly lost control. Yes. For sure. And it, yeah. And it's just, you know, you hear the announcer on the, you know, you hear the announcer, the PA announcer at the stadium trying to settle the crowd down. You hear, you know, and it's just, it, it's just not a fun place to play. And it, what I thought the union did well is is they stayed calm at that moment, you know, and like these guys have the CCL experience. They have the experience playing against, 
you know, Mexican teams. And um, so they kind of understand what they need to do there of just like, hey, we just got to keep our heads. We can't can't engage some of this stuff that's happening. You're going to get fouled, but don't you don't need to jump up. And, you know, uh, it it was uh, Baizo was uh, one foul away from fouling out of the game, essentially. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it seemed like they held everything together and just kind of like, okay, we're going to figure this out, get to the end of the game. And then, <laughs> and, and Curtin pulled Baizo at the right time. Yeah. And, and I mean, if, and if it wasn't for the injury to Kai Wagner, he probably would have been pulled at half, but you lose that luxury when you lose your left back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so and but I did think Harriel and and Matt Real coming into the game in a in a tough situ in a tough situation, uh, but I thought Curtin substitutes were on point. I mean, you have to put Real in the game, so basically at the same time you put Flock in the game and give Real some coverage on that side of the field. You know, you move. You move Harriel over to the right side where he still has Bedoya running in front of him and Bedoya knows what to do in these games. Um, and so I feel like it just, it's, this was one of the better coaching uh, moments for Curtin, I think really ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, game, uh, yeah, game, game management as a whole on the union side of things was basically perfect. Like you can't ask for much more of, at least doing exactly what was needed in the scenario outside of like conceding the goals, obviously, but, but it is just like a situation where when you're playing Alice, like you're, they're going to score, but they're also going to give you chances to score. So they like, there's a reason why I think in Liga Maggie's play right now, they've like um, scored 20 and allowed 20 while drawing eight games. Um, and for this game, we saw exactly why. And all the union needed was a draw to advance. Um, well, actually, all they needed was to um, be level with getting yeah. the away goal. But that's they got it, and then some. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so good stuff. Uh, the CCL result, I guess, sets up a... Uh, I hate it's not a rematch. Uh, I hate that people have been calling it that. Um, but a matchup against LAFC uh, on a two leg on a two leg matchup. Uh, first round will be at LAFC. Second one will be at Subaru Park. Um, is it is it safe at this stage to call this the biggest like coastal rivalry? I don't know who else you'd put in that conversation. Um, well, that that's the thing. I mean, I can't think of anyone else that you would put there, which is why it came to mind. And then, like, even though there hasn't been a ton of games, it's just every single one has not only been epic, but now with them being the top teams in both of their conferences – every single one has been meaningful. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is definitely, uh, I mean, aside from MLS cup, obviously I think this is probably one of the bigger games in union history. Um, and 
you know, I think depending what you do in the first leg, uh, that will determine what that second game looks like. Um, but I think like when over the last couple of years, we've played to a couple of three, three draws and, and different things like that. Like you have to assume that this is going to be another couple of good games. And so, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think uh, the union will, I wish, you know, wish the, I wish both teams would have been able to beat a Mexican team to get to the final. And then there's been the final, but um, it is what it is. Uh, But it does mean that the winner of this game will be the favorite of MLS teams. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, it's obviously a big, it's a big moment for sure. And I think like, just like this game was a big moment for Curtin and like, can you get a result down in Mexico? Like this was kind of the same thing. Like, can you, can you get a result against LAFC in a different kind of like, and that's what's weird playing an MLS team in the middle of MLS season, but in a do or die moment, you know, it's, it, this is not a, oh, let's just go play LAFC on a Saturday night on a in a game that only sort of half matters for the tiebreakers uh this is no we got to go and we got to think like we we have to win or we have to at least score a goal or two on the road to take it back to philadelphia yeah it's also not this shoehorned competition that is leagues cup that now it is going to be outdrawn by chelsea coming to philadelphia exactly (laughs) and you know where i'll be that night um not watching the union um i mean yeah i mean i'll probably be at lincoln financial field as well um i mean i can't blame anyone who doesn't go to a half-baked cash grab against uh a team at subaru park but don't worry because lots of league mx fans will be there Yeah, yeah it'll be great um yeah, uh, in MLS play then, I guess, uh, the Union uh, return on Saturday night where they're going to Chicago to play the fire at Soldier Field at 8.30. Can't wait. Talk about a letdown. Like, cool, we're going to Mexico to play Atlas. Now we're coming back to the States to play Chicago. I mean, I guess you, you probably should just do the same thing that you did against Cincinnati, right? Roll out the back three with backups. See what happens See what there. Happens. Assuming yeah. that, assu- also this is assuming that Mbizo is actually healthy because he did also so show some signs of wear and tear on his own hamstring during that yeah. game. Like I honestly thought that he was going to be withdrawn, but making it longer than expected. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about this game is you are potentially playing without both Faizo and Kai Wagner. Um, it's, um, yeah, it, was it actually hamstring pulls or was it playing in a mile-high environment? Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, you don't know. But, uh, yeah, it. I think you, I don't, you know, I, I, I I don't know that I want to see Chris Donovan in this game, uh, but I'd be okay. It's a great time to see Brandon Craig. It would be a good time to see Brandon Craig. 
Uh, and who knows, like, who knows the status, the actual status of Damian Lowe, too. I mean, he was on the bench for the Atlas game. Uh, obviously, wasn't going to play if we didn't need it. Uh, but, you know, who knows what his status uh, could be. But, yeah, this would be a good time to kind of roll out your B team or B plus team lineup and, and see what happens. Um, I think any, you know, if you do trust guys like uh, Jesus Bueno and, um, y- yeah, Andre Pereira, you know, those guys, then, yeah, roll them out. And, see. and then, I mean, I think, yeah, there. I think you do. I, I think you do sort of trust them. But also, it's just like, it doesn't matter because. Yeah. If there's any game where someone should be able to prove that they can compete at MLS level, if you can't perform against Chicago, you probably shouldn't be on this team. And not that this team has like necessarily had good results against the Fire, because like they're re- they're starting to really get up there with like New England of the teams that I least want to watch the Union play soccer games against, but like those individual moments matter. Like if we didn't see Chris Donovan in like these types of games where he misses chances and shows why our starting strikers are as important as they are, like you would never know what you have in these players. So like they need to go somewhere and throw them out at soldier field. Yep. I think that's, I think that's the, that's the move. Uh, Couple other quick things. Uh, the uh, baby snakes had a had a fairly good weekend uh, in the generation <laughs> Adidas Cup, uh, and uh, it's just I mean it's good to you know Kavan Sullivan and uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy's name who got best eleven of the tournament uh, and different things. You know it's good to see that we're still producing at that level. Um, because those guys at some point are going to have to start continuing to come through the, uh, it's good to, it's good to know we're still, we still have, we still have good kids playing for us. So let's see, Jank, Austin, Daniel Kruger. Yeah. Um, in defense, well, actually, so playing in defensive midfield, right back, and central defense. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, Kavan. So yeah, just the just the two. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. It's yeah. It's good. I mean, it's good stuff. Is you know they, you want to see these these younger uh, teams uh, keep, you know. The, the U15s obviously drop their match. They're, you know, they're fi- the final on, on PKs. U17s uh, won the won the tournament. Uh, and so I think it's like, it's just good to see. It's good to see to continue, to continue seeing these guys come through and what they can continue to do. Yeah, and it'll actually, it'll be interesting too to um, see what some of those European teams thought of the tournament too. Like, um, actually, some point over the next few weeks, I'm going to be catching up with um, Jenk's sporting director. So cool. hopefully I'll have some more info to follow on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good. There anything else you want to talk about with this Union team? I feel like there were um, like one, one or two other things, but I don't remember what they are. Well, the I mean, the only other thing that we dropped is uh, really looking a little further forward than we need to look right now. But um, <laughs> that U-20 World Cup. It, yeah, it's um, going to cause some problems, I think. Um, we'll, we'll talk about those, like, after L.A., <laughs> Because yeah. that's when things get real. But as of right now, it's um, advance. Don't embarrass yourselves against the fire and business as usual. Because, again, just like as long as this team is actually advancing in CCL play, and with the way that the MLS playoff format is currently set up, it's just hard to care about league results. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it is very hard to care about league results at the moment. Um, knowing that nine teams get in, you have a lot of time. Uh, we'll just wait and see what happens when that happens. And we also have a special guest joining to, who can um, sign you off with his final thoughts. Okay, so uh, I'm coming to you live from inside the auditorium at my college uh, because class is running really, really late. Um, but tell me, guys, tell me, are the unions, was it all a dream? Are the unions still going through to play LAFC in CONCACAF Champions League? Or did I just fever dream that last night? You did not fever dream it, even though the game ended at 12.05 or something. You did not fever dream that one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's oh, it, the yeah. thing I was worried about. Well, it it wasn't the um, pain meds talking from... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm not going to say that it isn't that. Um, it could be a combination of things. Uh, but I'm certainly happy they didn't completely and they gave themselves a real chance and thank the Lord that VAR exists in CONCACAF. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Holy. Well, actually speaking of the V speaking of the VAR for just one second, isn't this the first round that it was actually active champions league? I don't remember if it was first round or first year that it's been active, but yes, I think it was the first time it's been active. In some yeah, because, like, Lord, this would have been a very different podcast without VAR. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, especially given the technology that to be able to show us those replays and see that they blatantly missed it, I don't know. I, I just don't know if the world of union can handle this <laughs> truly 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 i don't know at this point in the season where they find themselves i don't know if uh this would have gone over well at all uh and somehow had been blamed on jim Curtin for some reason um i'm talking those levels of unhinged in uniondom so at least 
they have Champions League still going, which is a nice yeah. little distraction from where they currently sit in the regular season. Well, and that's what Chuck and I were just talking about before you got on, was like they have a chance this weekend to kind of right the ship in MLS too. So like you hope they do that. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I mean, it lines up pretty well. And I mean, hey, <laughs> like if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you might as well be coming off a performance like that. That's gritty. That's really that it seemed unifying on all fronts. That like every player is so excited that that just happened last night, and they were able to get it done in Mexico, like against all the adversity. Especially to see like all the players tweeting about it this morning. Like they're genuinely like pumped up and fired up for this. And I don't think there's a metric for measuring what that does to a team. No, I think um, you're right. I think it's, it's, called it's been a frustrating season. It's what called what? <laughs> I'm not repeating that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll sign off there, guys. Paul, thanks for jumping in late. Chuck, thanks for being here tonight. Uh, but at VFTB Pod on all the socials, uh, if you haven't checked out the YouTube yet, we do have some clips and shorts and, and stuff going up. Plus, uh, we are kind of live streaming. We're not really on a schedule, but in the future, we'll try to tweet out when we're going to be live streaming to take some of your comments and, and other things like that. But go ahead and check the YouTube channel out. Uh, we have been posting some Instagram stuff as well uh, with some of those clips and things. So uh, go check us out on the social medias again. I know we haven't been super active on those social medias, but go check us out again because we are tweeting and tweeting and Instagramming and YouTubing and all that stuff. But that's everything. Later, guys. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to designtree at dsgntree.com slash bftb for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash bftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft signing off.